This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. On Giddy Up, Facing the Breeze with Anthony Butt and Jack Trainer. It's Catcher Wave, the leader, ahead in front of Leap to Fame, getting out after it. On the inside, Captain Ravishing, all dressed up, nowhere to go. And then came the Lost Storm. Ed Cypher's putting in a claim. The mare, she's coming quickly as Leap to Fame quickly goes to Catcher Wave. Here comes the mare. In Cypher down the outside. The Mighty Mare's out after Leap to Fame. And Cypher goes up, puts the nose in front, comes away. A famous victory. And Cypher beats Leap to Fame. Third Captain Ravishing, fourth home in the race. What a performance there by Encypher to take out the first ever running of the Eureka, the world's richest harness racing event. It was a sensational victory there by the only mare in the race. And she went some time as well. And um, what a story she is. She's come a long way in a short amount of time. Let's catch up with Anthony. But Ryan Feeling will be joining us shortly as well. Ants. Good morning to you. I think it was a successful night and a wonderful night for the sport of harness racing. Yeah, it was fantastic, Gareth. Yeah, wasn't it? You know, really put harness racing on the map and, you know, the race delivered pretty much. So um, great result, you know, from Cypher and the connection. So, you know, it had a, there was a lot of winners all around. And you don't usually see Mez do that, compete against the boys and beat them on the, on the biggest stage. No, no, it's rare, Gareth. You know, obviously in the past we've seen it here and there, but um, this day and age there's that many mares races, they don't have to race the boys too often. And um, But, you know, obviously a great mare and, you know, sort of surprised me a little bit. That, um, but we probably underrated her really. And, uh, you know, I think she's going to go on and be, you know, one of the greats. If he couldn't have been at Menangle, Ryan Field and led the coverage of Sky Racing beautifully there on Saturday night. And he joins us now, Ryan. Good morning to you. Welcome to Facing the Breeze, brought to you by Garrett's Horse and Hound for all of your equine essentials. It's It looked like watching it anyway on the TV screens. It was uh, a night that harness racing should be proud of. Absolutely, Gareth. Good morning to you. Good morning, Anthony. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, it really was. It, it's a celebration of harness racing, and I really think we need to take our hat off to Andrew Kelly and Harness Racing Australia, the driving force behind this over the past 18 months. Look, we know in... Thoroughbred racing, slot racing is nothing new. And even in harness racing, there's been a couple that have creeped in with varying success. But the fact that this was for Australian bred three and four-year-olds, you know, you, you don't know how these things work. But the backbone of this event from the Harness Racing Australia perspective was to mirror those great events like the Elite Lop in Sweden, where this is a celebration of the sport, getting people trackside, offering them something from a, a festival uh, point of view. And look, they turned up in their droves on Saturday night. 10,000 people were there at Menangle, which, I, look, I can't remember a, a crowd number that size. I was going to, you know, places like Mooney Valley and and, um, and also Harold Park in the the, uh, the 90s and, and early 2000s when they were still getting good crowds, but certainly not like we were getting there on Saturday night. So... 
people have got a taste of it. Hopefully, they keep wanting a taste of harness racing because that's what it's all about. It's, it's bringing in a new audience, people that probably haven't been to the trots before and, and learning to love it and selling what we think is a great sport. And there's obviously some great horses at the moment to, to be the headline act in that regard. Do you think this will replace... Well, it's a difficult one. When I think of Australasian harness racing, what's the biggest event now? Like the Inch of Minion for mine was the holy grail of the sport, but it's sort of been disrespected in my my eyes, and this is only my opinion, by the industry. Um, so I, I would imagine really the New Zealand Cup would have been like when you head to New Zealand and the crowd that it can it can attract and just the 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 impact it has on the New Zealand sporting public in a way that how big the New Zealand Cup is, um, Ryan, I, I would say that's nearly the biggest dance in Australasian harness racing. But do you think that the Eureka can become the number one event? You, you're spot on, Gareth. I mean, that was my very first taste of the carnival atmosphere that harness racing could provide. Um, you know, and the New Zealand Cup still to this day is, is I think, the mecca of Australasian harness racing as far as an event is concerned. I think the Tab Eureka, um, the fact that it's it's inaugural year, got off to a really great start. Um, I think my view moving forward is I would like to see uh, our Group 1 races more condensed and have probably half a dozen big nights a year when we're showcasing all of our very best. It's like the greatest hits of harness racing. I think we tend to spread these group ones out too much, but if people have a destination of where they know they can see these great horses and these great races, you know, half a dozen times a year, I think we can start to build crowds again around these races. At the moment, it's a terrific TV sport. You know, I think this Victoria Cup coming up in a, in a month from now will be the best Victoria Cup that we've had in 20 years. I still love the Inner Dominion. I, I love the concept. I agree with you, Gareth, that probably a money injection is, is badly needed for that race to get back to where it was. I still love the Hunter Cup. I still love the Miracle Mile. These classic races are still so dear to my heart. Um, but I think we've shown with the Eureka that if you build it, they will come. Uh, but I think we need to take a less is more approach rather than spreading ourselves too thin. Your thoughts on those comments, Hans? Yeah, I agree, uh, Gareth. You're on, make some really good points there. And as you said, it's the same in a lot of sports, you know. Um, they're not getting the crowds they used to, but, you know, they will turn up for the big days. So if we can sort of channel into, you know, a few big nights a year and, as you know, aim for that kind of thing, you know, it's definitely... Uh, a great idea and you know with the end of dominions i think now the eureka's up and running you know very successfully you know now i think time to um channel some energy into the end of dominion and make it great again as well because we're sort of catering for two different classes of horses and sure that you know some of them will overlap but uh you know the end of dominion's got so much history and i think it's time australian harness racing got behind it and um you know find some fun somewhere and make it, you know, the best it can be. Yeah, I'm happy that the Inter-Dominion's heading up to Queensland because they've proven in previous years under David Brick and the administration there that they can think outside of the square and innovate. And um, you have a look at when you, when you try and market any sport, I think Nike's a perfect example, is that they never really um, market their shoes or their, their Nike T-shirts, but they, they, they market their, the, the stories of the athletes and 
they they inspire people. Um, and I think harness racing needs to do a little bit more of that in a way, Ryan. Um, start to market the heroes of the game and, and try and create um, more heroes in the sport. And I think races like the, the Eureka, but uh, the Into the Minion series produces some terrific narratives to inspire, hopefully, new generations. So hopefully that can be the case going forward. You're spot on about narrative, Gareth, and, and what narrative came out of the Tab Eureka. It was quite extraordinary. Yep. It was a South Australian-owned horse trained in Victoria, uh, driven by a New South Welshman, the second horse lead to fame, uh, trained out of Queensland, owned by two of the greatest supporters of harness racing and Kevin and Kay Seymour. Armoured Tabor, well, didn't he prove the doubters wrong with yep. Captain Ravishing uh, in, in finishing third? And then the Tasmanian, Gareth, and I know this might be a sore point. After no, what just, I've just, seen on just, media. Yeah, just, just before you get stuck into myself, the <laughs> magician, we'll paint the story here, Ants. And hey, we've been critical of some other experts over the time, Ants, for getting it wrong. And um, we'll own up to our, our bad judgment. This is what was happening with Brent uh, Costello, of course, the host of Tassie's Breakfast Show on SEN, along with the former Australian Test Cricket captain in Timmy Payne. And they're having a chat to Andrew Jenkins, the CEO of Taz Racing. This was on Monday. Now, you've just got back from the Eureka. Now, before we talk about the result of The Magician, Let's hear some audio, which was from SEN Track not too long ago. But you do have to worry. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to um, ruin the the enthusiasm for the people of Tassie. And I think it's great. But please don't take me this the the, the, the wrong way. But it'll be interesting to see how these horses go against a Captain Ravishing and a Catch a Wave. I mean, it's going to be great for a certain person. But when you're racing for two point two million dollars, I just don't. You know, I, I just don't like seeing horses that are completely outclassed and, and that's no disrespect to those horses, but that's just black and white how it is. And as good as it is going to be for someone, you know, when in a big race like that, I, I just think that it should just be the best horses available. And, you know, I, I'm not really for that, to be honest. You know, I can see Jack's point. Um, you know, if you're driving in the race, you probably wouldn't want to be getting on his back early sort of things. There's some of the feedback, Andrew Jenkins, uh, about the well, magician. Wait. And the chances it might have had in the Eureka. Just bring us up to speed on where the magician finished on Saturday night, please. Well, he certainly did a whole lot better than what uh, G Hall and uh, his esteemed guests were, uh, were were thinking he would run. So, uh, look, the, the big numbers. So that's Andrew right? Jenkins getting stuck into it. And hey, we deserve to cop a whack for that, Ryan. But he, he was one of the great stories, the magician there. On, on Saturday night, he didn't handle the retention barn. He trialled nicely. We did change our opinion after that trial, Ryan. Um, but it was great for the race. And well done to AJ and, and Taz Racing for dreaming big, taking a punt. And I think that will do wonders for the sport of harness racing in Tassie. Oh, you, you boys are, are very tough. You're very thick-skinned, uh, throwing yourselves under the bus there. Look, in fairness, he was the rank outsider of the race and and, you know, I don't see anyone else tipping them in, in their first fours um, leading into the Eureka. But look, credit where credit's due. The, you know, Magician ran an enormous race. It was actually his first run on the mainland. And, it, you know, hopefully this might just be the shot in the arm that Tasmanian Racing needs to sort of think bolder with their programming and, and to develop some of these horses that they can compete in these good races. I guess a benchmark that we've seen over the last few years is Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin will often take 
horses that, let, let's be fair, are, are not their elite uh, top-class company, and they will go down to Tasmania and they'll win just about every race. So that's often the line of form that we have at that sort of level. But we would love to see more of these horses. Mm. And obviously the Rattray family has such a great history and association with harness racing. It'd be great to see these horses be competitive. And look, my view is that I always like to keep a window of opportunity open for a Cinderella story. And, you know, Magician in some ways was that. And who's to say in years to come, we won't have a Speak the Truth uh, from, from Racing Queensland or Magician from Taz Racing uh, winning the Tab Eureka. Um, there's always Cinderella stories in sport. And I think if we, if we keep that window of opportunity for them, uh, great things can happen. Ants, it was a great story with uh, Magician there on the weekend. Yeah, we've got to own that one, Gareth. Yeah. We got that one wrong. And, but it was fantastic to see him go so good. And, you know, the Queensland horse as well, you know, they were right there just in behind the place getters. So, um, yeah, they proved us wrong. But, you know, as you said, Tasmania can throw up a great horse. You know, we've seen it over the years. And one of my favourites was Flashing Red, you know, yeah. hailed from Tasmania. So I've got a soft spot for them. So it was great to see and just added that extra, you know, layer to the whole race and, and then to come out and go so good, you know, they'll be very proud. And everyone's going to have opinions, and it's important to put your hand up when you get it wrong. But we did say after the trial, Lance, that he might be worth a place bet at 150 to 1. On this very show, we bet 365. So um, you can change your, your mind a little bit. I'm not defending my comments because everybody heard it. Um, but that was a couple of months out from the Eureka. But, geez, the rat trays there, they've got a – a wonderful history in the sport, and um, it was great to see the magician do what he did. The beaten brigade ants leap to fame. Do they go much bigger in defeat? No, he was massive, Gareth. You know, like, um, you know, he, he was there to – he put himself in the race, and um, I guess he thought he was on the best horse in the race, and he probably had to take the leader out of play, which he did, and um, just left himself vulnerable late and uh, – but no, he, he was massive and he's, you know, he's going to be really competitive in any race he goes in over the next couple of years, isn't he? Captain Ravishing, yeah, he's a super horse, leap to fame. Um, he's just going to have a, just before we get to Captain Ravishing, he's, it's difficult for Grant because he's the one to beat and he's got decisions to make in races that he thinks that if he lets the leader get away with um, easy sectionals, it's going to be hard for him to get past the leader in these type of races. So he, he has to go and do all the bullocking, but then he becomes vulnerable to a horse like in Cypher. It's such a difficult spot that he's found himself in the last couple of races in a Blacks of Fake in a Eureka Rants. Yeah, that's right, Gareth. You always got a number, you know, target on your back. And um, so, yeah, it is difficult, but sometimes you just got to go out and, you know, just drive a normal race and, um, you know, as I said, and, and hope it comes off. But as you said, on paper, you know, Tasha Wave looked the one to beat before the race. So, you know, you can totally understand the decisions that Grant made, but, uh, you know, it's just so hard for horses to sit in the death and beat these sort of fields when they're all so even. And there's always a great horse sitting back doing nothing, getting a good run that's, you know, going to be hard to hold out late. And Captain Ravishing Armoured Tape, as Ryan pointed out, Ant, he can take a bow. He looked in all sorts of trouble. Then he began like Hector JJ from the gate. And I thought, oh, hang on a sec. They've turned him around somehow. And, um... He, I thought he was nearly going to win. He was. He got keen in the run as well. I thought he was going to win at the the top of the the the, the straight there at Menangle. 
Yeah, yeah, great performance from Armand and all the team. You know, as we all wrote him off and, you know, he he probably showed late that he was, you know, a runner too short. You know, he, he's just um, found wanting the last sort of 100 metres. But, no, I was like you. I thought he was a winner during the run. You know, he he got out, you know, Greg Grove and Greg got him across and got the perfect run and did get held up a little bit turning in. And um, But he, he just battled late and that, you know, that's probably understandable first run up for six months. But you'd think he'd take an enormous improvement out of it and, Hopefully they race on and, you know, he, he could have a really exciting season. Ryan, the Victoria Cup, looking at the Bet365 market, this is going to be a Victoria Cup for the ages. Leap to fame, $2. Catch a wave, four fifty. wonder if he'll turn up. He, he just didn't look himself, that horse. I don't think he handled the retention balm, but um, he's at four fifty. Rock and Roll Do, who's back to his best after winning the Lensmith Mile at six. Swayze, the Blacks of Fate champ. Will he still have Jason Grimson as his trainer? Time will tell at 11. Honolulu Bay at 11 will be back. Better Eclipse at 13. Act Now at 17. Mac Dan at 20 to 1. Um, there's no, we haven't got Encypher in that market just yet. And she might not even go to a Victoria Cup. But what a field that promises to be, Ryan. Yeah, it's absolutely breathtaking when you consider the performance of Rock and Roll Do not just in the Group 1 Len Smith Mile on Saturday night, but his first up run at Melton, which was just scintillating. It's so exciting to have him back. Um, so my understanding, Gareth, is that um, next week, Ladies in Red and Honolulu Bay will pretty much have a hit out together. Ladies in Red, um, she'll only be sticking to the mayor's races throughout the rest of this year. She won't be going to the Inner Dominion. She won't be going to any of those races against the boys, probably the next assignment that she'll have at that level might be the Miracle Mile earlier next year because the Ladyship Mile is now after uh, the Miracle Mile. So that's probably going to be Ladies and Res campaign. So we won't see her. I'm hearing that they're undecided about in Cypher. It's still a small window that she could potentially go to the Victoria Cup. But then there's just so much attractive money just to stick to her own sex. So that's probably the more likely scenario. But, yeah, you, you mentioned some of those names there, Gareth, and, you know, even the runs on Saturday night, the likes of Spirit of St. Louis, uh, Better Eclipse. Um, you know, even Hurricane Harley, again, ran a really good race, even though he's, um, you know, finished about seventh or eighth in that race. He's only beaten about five or six metres on the line, and they absolutely rattled. I think they went 151 in that race. So, look, there's a real strong depth of free-for-all horses. The fact that Leap to Fame will be there in the Victoria Cup, I just think this could be one of the best Victoria Cups we've seen in the last 20 years, just with, I guess, the cross-section of horses and form lines coming into this race. Rock and Roll Do won't have another start before the Victoria Cup other than the Kilmore Cup. So he'll race at the Kilmore Cup at the end of this month. That'll be the next time we'll see him gearing up for the Victoria Cup. Yep, can't wait for and can't wait for September 9th. Elder Baron Seuss representing Australia in the million dollar uh, Yonkers International Trot. Chris Elford's headed there. He's trolled nicely in recent times. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do, Ants. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting, Gareth, you know, especially after Just Believe how good he went. Yep. So, yeah, you know, Yonkers is a tricky track and the draw will play a part, but, you know, the boys sound as though they're really happy with him. So, um, you know, it'd be really exciting to watch them. And you're driving in the prostate cancer colours um, this month, Ants. It's a, an important cause to spread the message to get people to, um, especially men 40-plus, to go and get tested. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Gareth. We're doing our bit and uh, really trying to promote it and um, 
just encourage all men, you know, go and get the blood test. It's uh, pretty simple, and as I said, it can save your life if you, if you get it early. Got a winner for us this week, Ants? Um, no, same thing, Gareth. Uh, Vic bred heats this week, so it's pretty tough, but really, I think an each way chance tonight at Geelong, tricks and time, be, I think he's about 30 to 1, so um, the last time I tipped one like that, it won, but you know, he might be flat winning, but I think he's a good place chance. Well, I'll go and get him. Tricks of time will be on now, Ant. So, love your work and um, good luck in those colours, mate. And Ryan, well done with the coverage. Excellent stuff and can't wait for uh, the Victoria Cup in a few weeks' time. Thanks, Gareth. And just a quick point on Older Baron Zeus. The only place you'll be able to see him racing at Yonkers this Sunday morning in that big group one will be on Trots Vision. That's the trots.com.au with exclusive yep. coverage on that streaming service with um, Sky Channel and its blackout period. So uh, tune in to watch Older Baron Zeus and cheer on the Aussie in a, in a big group one with uh, Chris Alford. Uh, this Sunday morning, you'll see it on the trots.com.au. Love it, mate. Well done. Thanks for that. Thanks, Gareth. That is Facing the Breeze, Anthony Butt, Ryan Feeling with myself, Gareth Hall. Thanks to Garrard's Horse and Hound for all of your equine essentials. We'll take a break. Rod Lyons isn't far away, of course, the managing part owner of the champion sprinter, Nature Strip. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.